Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. Mothers, they preach on mothers. Father, they preach on. I just want to do something different. But uh, I, I thought me and my wife was just thinking and thinking about what we do. We said, I'll just get some guys to, uh, to get up and say something about fathers. And uh, I have found a secret how to make the church more spiritual. If I would periodically go down the aisle and say, you're speaking next Wednesday night, y'all four. Next Sunday, y'all four. Next Sunday night, y'all four. I found out the ones I asked hadn't slept last night. They have prayed all night long. <laughs> Brother Scott, we're going to have a spiritual church, dude. I'm telling you. Uh, I said, I found the secret to that. Amen. God bless you. It's an honor this morning to have these three speaking. I want them to come up. Brother, Brother Cody, Brother Marlon, and my daughter Hannah is going to be speaking today on fathers. It's an honor to have my dad's brother here today, my Uncle Stanley. I say, God bless you. Happy Father's Day to you, Uncle Stanley. Happy Father's Day. As a father, I, I love my children. I got two boys and a daughter, Adam and Jacob and Hannah. And the other day I was thinking, I remember when Adam was born. My wife was having problems giving birth to him and rushed her into the mercy room, I mean, into the operating room. And, and she delivered. When, he, when Adam come out, he had a big old blood, uh, he had a big old blood, looked like a cone head. And when he come out, I go, my God, Doc. What's wrong with my baby? Look, a Martian. He said, oh, he's just a little old cone head. He's making fun of my kid. He said, I ought to go away. He got him a needle, stuck it in there, and sucked that, all that blood out, rubbed it down. He said, look, I made him pretty now. I never forget that. I never forget when Jake was born and Hannah was born. And You remember those moments, amen, when your babies were born. And I, I love my children. And I, my mom always said it, and I, the older I get, I see it becoming greater wisdom. When they are young, they walk on your toes. But when they get older, they walk on your heart. And that is, that is a biblical, biblical thing. It is. That's true. I love my children. I love my family. I love my grandchildren. I love all of you, and I say today it's an honor to have them here. While you're standing, I'm going to make this announcement while you're listening. In two weeks from this Sunday, Brother David Smith will be here. On a Saturday, July the 1st, uh, Sister Carla Smith will be speaking to the ladies from 10 o'clock to 12 that morning. And uh, you don't want to miss Sister Carla Smith, ladies. Now, I'm telling you now, and some will believe I didn't hear you because you're not listening. Carla Smith will be here that Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. Sunday morning, Brother David Smith will be here preaching to us. And that Sunday evening, we're having a cookout and be having a fireworks show that evening out here. So come back and be with us and celebrate July the 4th with us in two weeks. We're glad you're here today. Uh, the first one I'm, I'm going to pick today, I want uh, uh, Brother Cody to come and, and lay it out for us. And I want the pressure to build on the other two before they come. But, but it's, it's an honor. I told Brother David Smith about Hannah speaking. He said, uh-oh. 
And I told him about Brother Marlon. He said, you, you're going to turn them into spiritual people. Amen. But I, I'm glad to be a father. Aren't you glad to be a father? I, I watched uh, a while ago, little Knox. If you ain't been around Knox, he is an all-daddy's boy. I mean, his dad disappeared. He goes, he goes crazy. He wants his daddy. And I, I love, I love Belle's word ever since she's little. She don't call him daddy. She calls him daddum. It's Adam and Daddy at the same time. It's Daddam. So uh, I thank God for my grandkids. This time, Brother Cody, come. Give us a word on the fathers. And y'all uh, share the minutes unless y'all pay for each other's time. Amen. Would you give them a hand today? God bless you. Let me say, I, I cannot express enough how big of an honor it is to be on, here on such a special day. And I won't keep you standing very long. But I do have an announcement. I meant, was supposed to announce at the beginning of service. Uh, Sister Amanda wanted all the fathers to know that don't leave without going by the photo booth out here. They want to get all the pictures of the fathers and, and children together this morning. So don't forget to do that before you leave. And again, I, I think it's a great honor. Thank you for the opportunity, Brother Wilbanks, to come to you and address you on such a great and memorial, memorial day. But right now, if I can, I want to turn your attention to Genesis chapter 1 and 26. It said, God said to him, let, let us make man in our, in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle of the field and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Dear Lord, I ask you right now that you'll be with us here today to, to acknowledge and appreciate the gift that you have given us, these great gifts that you have called fathers. And God, I ask you right now that you'll help us today hear what your word has to speak to us and what it has revealed to us in, the, in your scripture. God, we ask you to touch each and every heart in this house today. And can we give our fathers one more hand clap of praise as we're seated? And... Today is such a great opportunity for me, and I, I am truly blessed and honored to be a part of such a, a title and description as a father. I have been honored to carry this, this label in the name of Daddy for four years now, and it has been a blessing and a gift. And being here and a part of this great congregation, this people, when Brother Wilbanks asked us to come and to share our thoughts or share something on fathers, I was, I was blessed because I have, I, I was talking to my wife, I was telling her, telling Kat, I said, you know, there's not a man in this congregation that hasn't left a thumbprint in my life somewhere from Brother Eddie, Brother Roy, Brother Ed Bailey, and all these great men of God that helped raise us. In the beginning, God created man and he said, and he created him in his likeness to carry on his attributes, his heart, and his loving kindness and mercy. Because there's not a thing that Lena Joe can do that I cannot forgive her of. There's not a time that Lena Joe hasn't come to me hurting or bleeding or taking horse wormer or whatever the situation might have been that I did not find myself in a chaotic state trying to figure out what I needed to do for my children. I, I can hear Leah at times says, Daddy, she's bleeding. And then me freaking out and Leah's freaking out and then going and trying to co console her. And then Leah freaks out all the more. And you're like, you know, trying to control two beasts at one time is about a crazy situation. But I am honored and blessed to be a part of that because I've had a great 
man of God in my life that I give honor to. My dad, he's not here today, but let me give you a little bit of a description of my dad. My dad was able to be there and to teach me in the ways of God. There's not a time that we went hunting or fishing that we wasn't around great men of God like our pastor. That he taught us to honor and reverence the other men of God. And when God began to move and it had an influence in my life to be able to be in the presence of God as a child that when they began to pray or when they were studying and dad would be in the front of the in the front of the uh, his bedroom in the trailer that I grew up in and he would be praying and God would begin to move and hear him and the anointing and the gift flow and as he began to study and read I got to be in the presence of that in Genesis chapter 12 it talks about God creating he finding a man of righteousness. This is after the Tower of Babel had fell and he had found a righteous man and his name was Abram. In the Genesis chapter 12 is when God called Abraham into his, uh, out of his father's house. And it was a time for him to be separated because he has shown him all the great gifts and all the things that he was able to give him. He said, if you'll leave your father's house and come and follow me, I will bless thee and you'll be a great nation. In chapter 12, it talks about, at the end of chapter 11, it begins to talk about his, his, his father's house and his brother. Well, if you look into the Hebrew Bible and it talks about his brother, his brother was a man that had died at a young age and they did not know why or did not understand why his brother had died. But Abraham did not have any heirs or sons, so he adopted Lot and began to teach him things. And, and the Bible says that Abraham had to leave his father's house and get away from his kindred. There was a reason that Abraham had to leave his father's house because there may have been doubt. There may have been murmuring. There may have been backbiting. There may have been something in that house that Lot even witnessed as a child. And Abraham said, hey, I cannot be a part of this if I'm going to stay, live the way I choose to live. So God called Abraham and he left. And Lot followed after Abraham in his likeness, in his wisdom, and in his relationship with God. Lot followed Abraham every day of his life. He witnessed how he would go to the time of prayer and talk to God. How God would visit with Abraham and speak to him in wisdom and direction. And give Abraham the promises and the covenant. Lot was there. Lot was one of three sons that Abraham had. A lot of people never acknowledged Lot as an heir to Abraham. But as he left his father's house, Lot was the inheritance and the next heir to Abraham's blessings and fortune. He was an adopted son that he took on himself that he had no father. He had nobody to mentor him. He had nobody to teach him other than his father. And God said that it wasn't right. He needed, it was unstable. So Abraham left and he took Lot with him. There are people in your life that may not be your children. They may not be your blood relative. But they don't have a father that teaches them to pray and to study. I was blessed. But with the grace and the mercy of God that we sung about today, that I got to live in a, in a righteous home and in a stable home, but in a house of God that come together and honored and reverenced the Spirit of God. So today, fathers, I give you honor because what you have taught me and what has brought me here today was your knowledge, your wisdom, your worship, your prayer, and your dedication to the house of God. But there did come a point in time 
when Lot did find himself in a little skirmish with Abraham. There did come a time where I imagine it was around the teenage years or that he might have been seven or eight years old. Lena Joe's six, so she might have been six years old when he began to argue with Abraham about what was right and what was wrong. I'm not real sure of his age, but he's seen Abraham for who he was in the likeness, in the image of God. When he's seen Abraham, he's seen a comforter. When things get scary as a child and they cry out from a spooky shadow or an eerie sound and stepping outside of the, or from, from something raking against the house outside, the door as, a, as they, or even a father, they found comfort in him because there may have been times as a child, I remember stepping outside the house and just feeling something eerie outside and I didn't know what it was. And so I would ask dad just to step out onto the porch as I make my run and sprint towards the car. I don't know if it was a panther. I don't know what it was, but I felt comfort knowing that dad, that my father was watching over us. So he's seen that in, in Abraham. He found that Abraham was also a fortress, a tower, a strong tower. As a child, we feel as long as daddy can hold us. As long as daddy's arms are there to wrap us up, we're safe. There's been many a times that I've got to, to have that privilege to, when, some, when Lena or Leah is scared to, that I just get to wrap them up or hold them. And even, I'm telling you, the biggest terror that I remember to this day was the moment where Lena Joe had to go and get stitches in her chin. And it was the point where they wrapped her up in a blanket and just held her really tight and pulled down on the bed so she wouldn't jump or kick as they began to give her a shot in her chin. And the way she would cry out, Daddy, just help me. It ripped my heart out. So Lot knew as long as he was close to that strong tower, as long as I am close to this fortress of protection, I can find comfort and peace. Abraham was not only a source of protection, but he was a provider. He was a hard worker because if you read the book of Genesis, that his herds grew so great. That there was a fight that broke out between Lot and Abraham's herdsmen because they were so great that it was overtaking the whole valley. That none of the herds could survive together in the same place. And so he learned how to be a provider because Lot's herd grew as Abraham's did. What you teach your children today, what you teach your sons today, what you teach your daughters to look for in another man today is to be a comforter, a strong tower, a provider, and a way maker. He found that Abraham was a way maker because he knew that he could turn to God and find comfort there. But he knew and could trust that God would make a way when there seemed to be no way. As a, as a, in making, being made in the likeness of God. We are also as fathers found and looked upon as a, to, from our wives and our children to be a way maker. Because the moment that your child comes to you with a chain broke off of their bike. Who else do they go to but their father? When you don't understand what's going on in the world today, there's no greater place than to go to than our Father. Because no matter the situation, no matter the circumstances or trial, God is there today to make a way. He is in this house today. His presence was reverence. His presence was revealed and shown in this house today that God is here 
and he is your answer and your way maker. Every good godly father, every father's home looks to him without question, reservation, and believe that no matter the problem, daddy has the answer. Again, I, I can't help but keep referring back to, to my relationship with my daughters. Or, and I don't mean to pin a rose on somebody, but Lena Joe always, she knows how to come to you and comfort you. Or even build you up when you question yourself how, what kind of father I am. Because to her, I'm the smartest man that ever walked this earth. I'm the strongest man that ever stood up on two feet. I am the wisest and I could always solve any problem or answer any question that she's ever had. And that's your father that's here today. And every great man of God that is shaped in his image and in his likeness. He has given you favor and wisdom. There's a strength about you that your wives don't have. There's a favor about you men in this house. You may not have children of your own, but you have wisdom and knowledge. That you could talk to a young man in the youth group and say, Hey, I remember when I was there, and I remember growing up as a young man myself, Brother Jim testifying of, of God's strength and His favor. Uh, how He can make a way when there seemed to be no way. How He was a comforter when He was traveling down the road and there was they didn't have no more money, no more gas. And all of of a sudden they had just enough to fill up one more time and they had enough gas to make it from the coast all the way back to the house on the way down there how many times brother Jim did y'all have to fill up three or four times but the journey back one time that's the faithfulness that I was taught and was established and instilled in me of what God can do in your life these are the men that help build the foundation and the core to this church. It is great men of faith like our pastor that has established these things in your children's life and even in our in your life individually. Another father uh, uh, image of God is to be a healer. We may not physically be able to heal every broken bone or bruise or cut or wound. But as a father, we have the capability to healing every broken heart and wounded knee. We can pick them up when they fall off their bike and kiss their wounds and their boo-boos and say, is that, is that fix it? Lena Joe again, Leah comes to me hurting or crying. And Leah's tough, I'm telling you. So she comes to you and she's hurting, something's wrong. But Lena Joe, she comes to you when she falls or stumbles and she's just ripped apart and torn like, like the earth is crumbling around her. And all it takes is daddy just to kiss her boo-boo. No, no, no cut, no scar, no blood. But as long as daddy can kiss it. And I'll ask her, does that fix it? Yes, sir. Yes, it does. As godly men, we have this ability as fathers. And we got it from our father. We're to be the protector of our home. Protector of our wives and our children. The home, we are to protect our home against thieves that may come to kill, steal, and destroy. For we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in high places. We are to be the protector and the defender of our home. We may not see where the adversary is coming from, but as men of God, let me make you self-aware. You are to watch the door and guard the door because you are the keeper of the gate. 
You are the ones that allow things that come in in disguise. You are the shepherd of your home that if you're not careful that wolves and sheep's clothing may creep into your door through a cell phone or through a friendship. And you as shepherds of your home are to acknowledge and see these things as a watchman on the wall. As the pastor does for us, we are all created for our homes. And today I want to encourage you want to encourage you to be the protector that God has created you to be. Abraham was a man of God that taught Lot these things. And as the Bible tells us in Genesis, Lot and Abraham began to strife and they went their separate ways. But Abraham loved Lot all the more, even though it wasn't his son. And so when he finds that God is going to destroy Sodom where Lot was encamped, he cried out and prayed that God would spare Sodom because he knew who was there. Men, I encourage you today. There are places that it may not be your children. But there are children in places today that are needing somebody to intercede and travail on their behalf. They need us to stand up and to be fathers to this community and to this congregation. To be established and say no matter what comes, we will not bend. We will not bow. Because as soon as Lot seeing the angels that was come to him that God sent, Lot acknowledged them and began to bow down and worship because of what Abraham has taught him. So fathers, there are men that are here today that has prayed for others' children and raised them up. And you help raise up young men that are not your own and young ladies that are not yours. And today... Can we stand and give them honor, a hand clap, and thank God for them today? Because you help make the next generation. Thank God for fathers. I want to be a protector. I want to love my kids when they get boo-boos. Uh, I was thinking it hit my mind. I want my daughter to get ready to come, Hannah. It's an honor to have her come. But my mom and my dad, they believed in old medication. Now, people, they get a little cut on the arm or, hey, they run them to the ER. I, I don't know where y'all getting this from. When, when I busted my elbow wide open on a bike coming down a gravel hill, they didn't put me in the car and run me to the ER. My dad took me in front of an air condition and got a bottle of alcohol and said, this will make it better. <laughs> and I didn't know a lot of cuss words then, but I wished I had of. Because <laughs> it hurt awful. But now they get a little cut. Let's take them to the ER. Uh-uh. i tell you what's wrong nowadays. Uh, they need to be staying outside more. Get them outside. Amen. Oh, my daughter to come and uh, remember the money I gave you. Amen. Will you, you give her a hand? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't want to overspeak. Y'all can sit down. Y'all can sit down. Okay, so at first, never done this before, kind of nervous. I've overthought this whole thing, so just bear with me, okay? Um, first, I'd like to give thanks to my pastor slash dad. He's asked me to talk about fathers, so 
Here we go, okay? So, you can't talk about fatherhood without talking about an image, and your image is your legacy. Your legacy is what you leave behind. It carries your characteristics and carries your name. You're leaving it to somebody on earth for a, with a testimony that you were here and that you shaped that person and that you, you developed that person and that you are artistically, that's a part of fatherhood. The conversations that you had with them, the moments you let them see you. Fatherhood is a great apocalypse of masculinity. During life, little by little, you get to unveil who you are as a man. And as you get older, they begin to understand things about that you couldn't tell them when they were young. And they were not ready enough to see you as you are. So, this is my perspective. As a kid, I remember my dad. He was always doing something. He was either pastoring, training dogs, or he was a police officer. I just thought those were hobbies. Like, you know, I'm like, he's never here. Like, but... Let me get to it. Like, he was there. So, he was gone a lot, but when he was at home, he made time for us. He would play games with us. He would ride foilers with us. He would play ball with us. I'd always think, I wish he could just quit all that and be at home with us, and it'd just be happy ever after. But reality has set in. I know why you can't. <laughs> he loves He loves Christmas. And, my, and what... What I loved is he made it a point to get us involved, to getting the stuff out of the attic, to being aggravated at us because we're trying to help, to putting the Christmas tree up. The Christmas tree was my favorite thing because we all got in there. The TV was turned off. We, learned, we listened to Christmas music. We would just make fun of each other, like memories. It was the funnest thing. We had a lot of laughs, but when now I see it. When he would take us on vacation... I believe he was more excited to see it through our eyes than he would see it through his own. In one of my memories, I know, like I'm not like that spiritual of a person, but I just want to talk. <laughs> so one of my memories is even when he was at home and he had stuff he had to do, he involved us. And those little things meant stuff to us. It, it meant to me because I'm like, I have all these awesome, funny memories with my dad. But in those, those memories, he was teaching us stuff. I loved it when we went, when we would water the horses. Adam, maybe you remember this. We would go to Mr. Sexton's house. He would fill up water barrels, and we'd have to put it in the back of his pickup truck. So Adam and Jacob would have to get in the back and hold it. So I would loved it because I would ride up there with Dad, and we would pur he would purposely, like, slam on his brakes. He would hit bumps because water would just slosh all over him. Oh, it was great times. <laughs> to him wanting me to come help him put hay up in the horse's stalls, him knowing there was a snake in there. And to know him seeing me freaking out and running. I know my kids, they don't think I can run, but I did run back then. <laughs> From when he would stop at night, I remember he would come home at night when his police, his police car, he would put us in the back and we were just, oh my God, that was the awesomest thing. Cause he would turn the lights on and we're like, oh my God, we're going to jail. <laughs> I bet you wish you would took some of us to jail. <laughs> I loved that I got to be one of the ones that he got to experience. I got to be one of the ones to experience the first love of roping, believe it or not. I was the one that would go with him to Faulkner almost every other Tuesday night, and I would help do the, the shoot, that I would go so much they started paying me to do it. 
and I loved it. <laughs> to the other, other Tuesday nights that he would take me and mom and one of my best friends to the movies. We would go out to eat and we would go watch a movie. And I remember telling one of my friends at school, she was like, Hannah, you don't realize how good you have it. You know, not everybody does that, which I thought that was, you know, normal. For him to tell me, uh, okay, you get a job, I'll help you get a car. So I started saving until the time that I did get my car. And then he said, okay, if you miss a payment, it's mine. So I made sure that never, never, never happened. <laughs> Till us staying up late at night and mom walking in on us, we would be watching cooking shows. And we would be in there acting like we knew what we were doing and would have stuff everywhere. But it was so much fun that I have these memories with him. Uh, I lost my space. Hold on. But, okay. Thank you. So, but for some people, you may think he just comes to church and preaches and takes up offering and goes home. But he takes that stuff home with him. Because I've seen it firsthand, and I know. It doesn't matter whether if we were on vacation, we were, it was a holiday, it was an outing, he was pastoring to people here or people outside of church. And he takes it everywhere. He would, either if he was taking it on meeting people in person, they were coming to our house or on the phone, he was pastoring. I would watch how people would talk to him and treat him. And I'm thinking, like, why do you keep, like, helping these crazy people? <laughs> but then I would also think, why do these people keep calling him? Because how he's talking to them. <laughs> you know? Like, what's going on? Like, I was missing something. But, but what I understand in getting older is he's a fixer. He's a fixer. He doesn't give on, up on people when people give up on themselves. You don't meet people like that every day, especially nowadays. He will go above and beyond for people, especially for his family. Sometimes I want to smack him so hard in the back of the head because I'm like, those people don't freaking deserve it. They just don't deserve it. But you know what? That's him. That makes him, that, that's who he is. I didn't get it then, but I completely understand it now. Why he, what he did and why he did it, why he worked three jobs. He sacrificed a lot for his family. He made sure he had what we needed. And now that I have a husband who gives his, he makes sure his family is taken care of. I didn't see it then, but now I see it from seeing my own husband come home completely exhausted after long hours of work, but he makes time for his kids. I'm so glad I had a dad who led by example and showed us how God comes first in hard work. Thank you, Dad, for the legacy you have left, not just for me, but all these people you came in contact with. Thank you for being the role model of my kids, not just a papa, but a pastor, who corrects them when they're wrong and loves them through it. You don't get that a lot. People take, kids, please don't take your parents for granted. You only get one. And let me tell you, what I have learned is it doesn't matter how old you are, your parents are going to look at you as a kid. And they're going to go out of all their way to help you out. But don't take that for granted just because you know, if, oh, if I screw up, they got my back. They're not always going to be there. And by God, I promise you, I'm not going to be the one who's going to bail you out all the time. 
So don't take them for granted. Call, pick up the phone, talk to them, ask them how their eye is. Don't just call them to tell them your bad news. Tell them your good news. They want to hear that too. And kids, I know you're like, it's my mom and dad. Let me just tell you something. They were somebody before they were your parents. They had dreams. They had goals. They sacrificed that for you. For you. And now you see them living their life. Let them live their life. Because you know what? They deserved it. They deserve it. And I would like to end on this for fathers. I got a minute left, so I was timing myself because, you know. But here's for all the dads who pays for the dinner that nobody wants to be grateful for, who didn't know if they'd make it to payday, who are trying their best to be a good man in society that devalue men, who lost their patience multiple times a day because they see their life passing with their dreams still in their chest, who never hears, I'm proud of you, because those are important words to a man, who works long hours and leaves all the days of frustration at the door to be there for his kids, because that's what dads do, who love so much even when they feel like they're failing. You shoulder the weight of the world for their families, and you're doing a great job, and I'm proud of all of y'all. Mama. She's like her mama. Ooh, you threw me under the bus. <laughs> God bless you. That, that's, that's real. Amen. And, and I, like she said, you only have each other one time. One time. And I, I've got mad at myself because I worked so much. And I, Sister Vicki, I lost a lot of time with my kids. Over people, you give time with people who don't give a care about you. I mean, you give your time away from your kids, your wife, to help somebody. Then at the end, Brother John, they don't even care about you, you know. And But I, I thank God that I'm, in, I'm putting something in my grandkids and my kids' life that are there. Thank you, babe. You did a great job. Amen. I, I got to tell this before Brother Marlon comes. Uh, Brother Cody and, and Adam, get, he'll, he'll know. Brother Cody and Hannah was talking that day and talking to Brother Marlon and said, you know, we, we're going to speak Sunday. We're, t- we're two of his favorites. And so I said, you know, I, I, don't, I think I'm going to call Marlon and see if he'll say a few words. And when I did, he said, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> he said, let me hang up right now. He said, I'm calling them both of them, getting them on three-way phone. <laughs> he said, if I'd spoke on Mother's Day, I'd still be getting a coconut pie every week. Everybody. So, I I, Brother Marlon is like a son to me. If anybody takes care of me, and every, all you men do, all of these men in this church, you're phenomenal people. But this boy right here was raised as a pup on our pew. And he gives his heart, his wife, to hit their life to me and my wife. I can tell you right now. He's a phenomenal guy. He's a great friend. He loves this church. And he loves me and my wife. He loves my family. He loves my kids. He loves my grandkids. Would you give Brother Marlon a hand?
Well, you heard Pastor speak about someone hadn't slept. That would be me. <laughs> you know, you, you, you come to church every Sunday and you take for granted these men that, that you know, Pastor Will Banks and, and the guys that here, Brother Cody and Brother Jody, and, and the, the ministry that he's entrusted to bring us a word. And when Brother Woodbanks asked me, you ever spoke before you thought? And that's where I'm at right now. I spoke before I thought. Um, Brother Wilbanks is, you know, my dad. You know, I, I, I only got to experience time with my dad until I was 15. And my dad was a hard man. And in this world, we have men, and men are made differently. Every man is made uniquely. Um, you have some who are compassionate and show that compassion. You have some that are just hard men. And my dad was a hard man. And I love him. I don't have any bitterness toward my dad. My dad taught me to work hard. And I just, I wish that, I hope that one day that my kids can say that I worked as hard as my dad worked and showed me and taught me to work. Uh, that being said, Bro Woodbanks, I thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate that. But also thank you for being a father to my children when they needed a father to step in and say, hey, you need to straighten this up. You need to get this right. And sometimes those as, as a father, it's not easy to do. But when you have someone, a spiritual leader over you that sees things, and he's the watchman on the wall, he sees things that could be going on in your kid's world that you never know anything about. And... I thank God for Brother Will Banks, who, who lo and, and he, he loves, I know he loves every child in this house. He loves you, moms and dads, and he loves everybody in this building. And, and, and to have that and to know it and to experience it and feel that, it's, it's just an, it's, it's an amazing thing to have in your life. That being said, I know it's going to sound like a broken record this morning, but I called Brother Cody at 630 this morning. I said, are you awake? He said, Yes. <laughs> Didn't sound much like he was awake. And um, also, you know, throughout the night last night, my wife will be glad to get a good night's sleep tonight. She was tired of me getting... I, my, my mind is like scrambled eggs. You know, I was like, God, you know, speaking about fathers would be something easy. It's not. It's, it's because you can go in any direction you want to go. And I'm like, God, what, what do you have... What, what would you like for me to bring to the table about fathers? And so this morning, it's going to sound kind of like a broken record. Brother Cody, it, it just floored me when he read his scripture because I'm going to go right back to Genesis 1 and 26. Go ahead. Oh, I will, but i got to have eyes first. But here we go. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all of the earth, and over all creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. Also, I have one more scripture. It's Genesis 2 and 7. It says, So God, or, and the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. God created us men for a reason. 
and for a purpose. He has a purpose for every man here here today. That purpose is, you know, we, we all not, you know, it, it's, I toiled with this really hard. It's easy to become a father, but it's not easy to be a father. Our children look up to us and they hold us to a standard that we sometimes take for granted. We, we, we just kind of overlook and we want to paint the image of something sometimes that, that we can't hold up to. And what God had given for me was, is what kind of image did I paint for my children? Today, you know, if you want to put a title on it, I put the image of a father. And that image to me is, am I being an image of a godly man? Am I showing likeness to my children as a father? Am I bringing that to the table each time? Am I bringing it into my home? Am I teaching my kids to walk a godly life? Now, that doesn't mean they're always going to live holier than thou and, you know, do the right thing. But as a father, it's my place to, to teach them. This is where you go when you need, when you have nowhere else to go. When you don't have a father, you can pick up the phone and call. You have a father that will listen, who understands. He knows all. He sees all. And he understands where you are in your darkest hour, in your loneliest times. He understands. You know, when I... When I you know, when, when we had our first child, you know, I was all excited. You know, I was just thrilled we were going to have a boy. And I was just tickled to death, you know. But as closer as the time came and Tyler was born, I'm, it hit me. How can I be a father? You, you just, you ask that question, what am I going to do? How am I going to raise this child? I know nothing about being a father. Come on. And the easiest and the best solution that I could come up with was I remember looking at my wife and I said, I don't know how to be a dad to this new creature that we brought into the world. But the only thing I know to do is take him to church. I want him to be raised in church. Come on. At the time, we weren't where we really should have been. But I knew that I did not want my kids to grow up without God in their life. And so many kids walk around today and they're lost, not saying they're lost, but they're, they're lost looking for an answer. And it's left up to me and you as fathers to lead them and guide them. You have no idea who is looking at you when you're out there when you're outside these four walls, are, are you living the image that God created you to be? Um, that's what I've asked myself. And, and so all those things being said, my, my daughter, I love my daughter. She's, she's just, she's different. She can, she can make you smile when, when, when you're down, and, and she knows how to, how to make a father worry too, that's for sure. But, and then Caden, and through all the ups and downs in 2019 when Tyler had his car accident, 
And then when Kaylee was just a small child, my dog attacked her. And then Caden, he fell in the tub and he shoved his front teeth, you know, up in his, way up in his gums. And that scared me, scared me to death. And all those times I looked and I was so, I felt so helpless as a father for them. I was like, how am I going to be a godly father in front of them when they're the one that's going through so much pain? And how am I going to carry them through this? And I'm telling you, you just, you cannot do it without the one father, the true father. And, and that, that's... So I, 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 and I know I'm going to be shorter than the other two today, but the, what Father's Day to me is, is creating an image, an image that, that is like in the likeness of God and that image that I can instill into my kids and my kids know how to be a father to their children or know how to be a father to someone else's child. Like, like Brother Cody and, and Sister Hannah said, that it, it's so many walk, just walking around without that person in their life that is looking for someone to just take them in and to show them and, and to spend the time and invest with them, invest the time in them. And, and you know, those are, those are all things that, that we must cherish. We must cherish our own children, but we, are, we should also cherish the children that don't have I tell my kids all the time, you have no idea what the child sitting next to you is going through. Some, some, some have, don't have anybody to lean on. Some don't have anybody to go to to help them fix their problems. My kids love me the most when they need me. I think we can all relate to that. So, um, um, you know, it, it's... It's, it's, it's a lot of I don't mean that ugly I really don't but but it's it's a lot of truth to that they 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 love you the most when they need you but at the end of the day when I'm gone and they can't call me up and say dad what do I do I'm just pray that that I have imparted in them and shown them what the image of a father should look like and you know that that's that's my biggest goal in life. Um, like Pastor said, we spend a lot of time as fathers. It, it's a lot of lot of mental stress on a man as a father, because you are looked at as the provider, and a lot of women play the father roles, yes, they do. and that's not fair. No. That's not fair. Um, men, we got to step up, and and this day and time we live in a fatherless society. There's a lot of families without a lot of children walking around without fathers, and and we that we've got to work even harder to show that image or portray that image that God wants us to be, and and teach our children how to be in the likeness of the Father. Good job. Let's give them all a hand. Great job, great job, great job. If you'll stand to your feet, I'll say again, happy Father's Day, and I'm not preaching. They did a phenomenal job.
But my goal as a father, when I had my children, is I wanted to be a dad that, that, that worked and provided for them. And I, that's why I did work three jobs at one time. And I took them on vacations to the remember, put memories in their minds about going with dad and mom. We still, we got pictures at home of us standing in front of the twin tires in New York City, me and my wife and kids. Then we got a picture after 9-11. But just different memories. We've been to the, we've been up into the Statue of Liberty, all of us. We went to the uh, changing the guards in Washington. We've been, we've been to the Smithsonian's in D.C. We went to the we went to uh, Niagara Falls. We've been down right in it in a boat, right under it. Been a lot of things. I took my kids. Went to Pennsylvania, uh, to Hershey Chocolate Factory. We kids go. We we've been to uh, where the Mayflower landed in the house on the shore that at the Mayflower landing when the first settlers got here. You know what the message was on it? The message they preached was Acts two thirty eight. Just different history, different things, and we got. And I, I know it's good to go on family vacation with different ones. A lot of people like to go, and they like to carry everybody with them. But you need to make memories just you and them. You ain't got to take your whole uh, hillbilly clan with you. I mean, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad—all of them ain't got to go all the time. You need to make memories with yourself. with yourself and sometimes you need to tell the rest of the family y'all staying home we're going because some of them just want to move they, they hear the word go oh we're going to go with you no you're not you're staying home I'm taking my kids and I, I got a lot of memories with my kids got a lot of memories with my grandkids right now but I tell you what happy Father's Day to you dads that are being real men real me and I said it many times I'm Stanley one of my greatest men I looked up to growing up was my papa Artie he was much of a man he was a man's man and I'm telling you I grew up running him followed him through the woods and all hunting working in logging woods and did a lot of things and I love my grandfather but I love my dad dearly if God's been, listen, don't leave. This is what we're fixing to do. We'll receive our offering and tithing. Go back to your pew. Get your card out. we got two gifts to give fathers today. And uh, if God's been good to you, we bring pray today. Give it to the this word. If he ain't been good to you, you, don't give him Minister nothing. to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.